1: Ducky, 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 ducky,
0: Brian, how many times did you check the price of Bitcoin today? Uh, n- n- less
1: than less than you think. Probably only fifteen times.
0: <laughs> okay, I, it, my true number. I think I've probably looked like six or seven times today.
1: I, I'm not joking. Probably, probably, yeah, eight to eight to eleven.
0: Yeah, over it's, under nine and a half, I'd say. I was I was talking with Davis earlier, and it's like you know, obviously there's buzz around, you know, new all time highs, but like the general fever pitch surrounding it feels way more muted than it did the first time around. Like that was when like literally our aunts and uncles were talking about it. Like, I don't think my aunts and uncles are even talking about it right now.
1: Do you feel, but how about just like overall, do you feel more bullish now than you did then? Yeah. You're talking the 2017, right?
0: Yeah. Like when you would be just like, taking an Uber and your Uber driver's like, so you have any of that Bitcoin? Like that's when you're like, okay, this is the top, right? But I feel maybe it's just because we're not out and about in the real world as much these days, but, or maybe, I don't know. I feel like I follow a group of people who are into crypto and would be crypto inclined. And I still don't feel like the chatter is near what it was three years ago.
1: Yeah, I I could see that. I didn't really think about that, but I do feel like I'm just like, okay, I don't think it's going to crash. Yeah, you, know, you know what? Whatever that drop was then, like five fold or whatever, down to four K. Yeah. So I, yeah, don't, I, I don't, I don't feel like that's gonna happen. Like maybe it'll go to like fifteen or something, but I don't, I don't see it going crazy. But I, like, who who knows? But
0: I know, and it's crazy too because like I have, I just for my own little logging, I just keep a spreadsheet of my like weekly, uh, just automated buys, and like March sixteenth. Like there was one at 4,689. Like we're, we're like just storm past five X, like five X on that. Like it's, yeah. it's wild how much it just ripped through at, at 20,000. Like I, I thought it was going to look and it was going to be just over. And now I'm like, Oh, now we're aiming for 22 here. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, Jason, I mean, Jason in the chat wants to know where your top hat is. <laughs> he thinks you're one of the bookie busters
1: i'm i'm not i know i got uh people thought i, I looked like that that fine fellow that you retweeted but it wasn't me
0: no first of all you don't look like him uh but second of all you are in your own way a bookie buster though you know you've You've gone after you know rivers and and these guys you were the original bookie buster it's true. defending the patriot gamblers
1: yeah that's why i was doing that for tommy g and shit and uh I just didn't get the recognition that that you gave uh, that 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 mis- magician guy. <laughs> I'm just assuming he's a magician.
0: Apparently, he's um kind of like an internet uh, comedian. Actually, uh, a guy by the name of Sexual Jumanji, and he was trolling uh, oh, Trump okay. guys. Which uh, I will admit, when I did my video, uh, I did not know that. Um, but I was way more interested in spoofing Anthony's thing with PointsBet than I was his thing uh which was uh genuinely hilarious and he did a great job of tricking a lot of people
1: that oh yeah that's that pretty good acting too actually like he seemed like a uh like a, like a psycho
0: <laughs> i think what really sold it too was just like doing it outside on what appeared to be a trash can like it, it like really looked like something
1: hat, uh, too. Yeah. like yeah. This, guy, this guy's insane this makes sense that's pretty funny
0: I guess it was, like, far too, um, like, composed. Like, even the turns of phrase bookie buster and Patriot Gamblers is just something no one who still thinks Donald Trump won the election would be clever enough to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's like what are they gonna it's like how does he think he's gonna pull this off and it's, and now it makes makes perfect sense i had no clue that that was that was a bit that's, that's yeah i
0: i didn't either and people started tagging me uh and uh, i i started going down the rabbit hole he has some he has some pretty good posts and uh he's apparently a, a well-known uh twitch streamer i think one of his initial like twitter accounts got shut down i assume from doing some kind of impersonation and so he was on to a second one but uh Yes, good stuff there by uh, Sexual Jumanji there uh, with the bookie buster. Um, what, are we, what are we talking about tonight? Um, well,
1: uh, Jose Canseco might follow me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I, sh- I should get in on that.
1: I don't know why anyone would not retweet that. Um, I'm just a little worried that he might not come through, but Jose always honors his word. So uh, I can't wait for my childhood hero to uh, to follow me.
0: Who are there? Are some of those other celebrities on Twitter that follow like five hundred thousand people? I can't. I, he,
1: he's only at two thousand or something.
0: Yeah, he's got a his social media manager has a long night ahead of them.
1: He, I'm guessing like at least twenty percent of his followers follow him. Ironically, do do you follow him? I don't. Oh, it's pretty
0: funny. Yeah. How, he how, here's really- my thing. How often does he post? How many times a day?
1: Oh, not that Not that often. I mean, I don't know how often he posts, but it shows up on my feed like once a week.
0: Oh, okay. That's not bad then. See, I just don't want to get into something where I'm ironically following someone and then they post like 30 times a day and I'm like, this isn't funny anymore. Um, Shout out, Cash Out King. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you mute him?
0: No, I actually don't have him muted and he came back. Uh, He actually, I told you, he DM'd me when oh, he came yeah. back.
1: He's been but he's been tweeting a lot lately to join the uh the CK Telegram.
0: Yeah, he's got this new thing going where uh he's trying to get the people from Twitter over to the Telegram. He messaged me and was upset that my handle still wasn't the deposit king. He he thought that I moved on to a new bit because of everything that happened to him. And I was like, sorry, man, I just kind of moved on to a new bit because we really beat that one into the ground. There it had nothing to do <laughs> with you. I'm, I'm sorry to let you down.
1: And uh, did he ever get that? It was kind of like, uh, you know,
0: ironic a little bit or I don't know. I don't know. Oh, this is a good point from HM here. Do we get a cash out bet tonight? What was it last week that we tailed and it just absolutely smashed?
1: That's true. Let's take a look. Let's Although see he, was, he wasn't doing so hot,
0: from based on his uh, his tweets, really. Oh, he literally just tweeted, "Man, it's like every time You're I right? mention him, his name, he just gets summoned." He says, "All right, people, need to win tonight, and I need to find the magical touch again. Who's tailing? If I find a money ass two teamer that can make us happy again, sick and tired of not cashing all night, it's time right here, late game two teamer. Who's in?"
1: We got to like that, huh? Oh, I just wrote in. Okay, you're the
0: first to respond. Here we go. Wait, is everyone the chat saying, oh, yeah, Pepperdine was who we bet last week. I was like, are they playing again? How come I can't reply to that? Oh, because I believe I've seen this. He has it set now where only people he follows can reply. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm one one of the privileged few.
1: Oh god. You're going to get the uh, you're going to get the sports betting uh anti gambler crowd after you again if you don't if you don't watch it here.
0: I know the funniest thing is like I'll like uh Vegas Dave posts and I'll get like these vigilante guys yeah. that come in that send me like these posts with like 10 things about his track record and how he's a fraud. And I was like, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for pointing out the truth about Vegas, Dave to me. Thank you for your service.
1: Yeah. Right. You guys are doing a bang up job. (laughs) Like it's not that like every single response to his threat is like fraud. Fuck
0: you. You're short. The the thing that is truly incredible. Like I respect his like social media strategy because like, the way he posts, you'd think he was getting like hundreds of retweets, like all this stuff. And then it's like three likes, four people calling you a fraud, and like no retweets. But he just like keeps going. He is relentless. And 80,000
1: Twitter followers somehow or whatever, right? Too
0: Yeah. I mean, that's like people always do that stuff with the counselor too, with like, oh, we bought followers and stuff. And I'm sure he bought some, but he also like, he's been the dude sits courtside at games. He's been on like a Showtime TV program. He's been written up in GQ. Like the guy's gotten press, you know, whether you actually think it's warranted or not, he has gotten press.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I just can't like after a while, you figure some of those followers would start to leave. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well,
0: it is, it is true too. I mean, there is, yeah, I think they're, there's probably like a combination of things, right? Like a ton of like dead accounts that like followed them like way back when that just like, don't even use Twitter anymore. And then there is that thing of just like, there's tons of big accounts, even, you know, reputable personalities that won't get like a ton of engagement on their tweets, which I, I, I can't really account for it, but I mean, I'm sure there's people that have a thousand followers that get way more engagement than people who have a million. No, maybe not a million. I'll say a hundred thousand. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. We've talked about this off, off, in DMs and stuff before, where it's like, certain people are like, "How do they have fifty thousand followers?" And like, look at one like, no likes, one like, it is. What are they doing? The um, the the thing with him is like, if I if he was like an Amazon product, right? And you go to the reviews, and it's like, all bad. Like, I would never buy that product. You know what I mean? Like, even if I want to buy it, like, I'll at least look and like find one. Like, oh, this guy liked it. I'll buy it. You know what I mean? Like, there's just straight trash reviews for this guy. Like, I can't imagine he's making any money on Twitter.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think he's probably just burning and churning through new people trying to get those whale plays. They come in, they try like as a glorified pyramid scheme. Um, I, by the way, I don't know if you had seen this. Um, but have you have you heard about this? Uh, this is just like a very random anecdote. But when I said pyramid scheme, I made it think. Of, did have you seen that documentary on HBO called Murder at Middle Beach? No, it's kind of an interesting premise because the documentarian is it's his mom that got murdered in Connecticut back in the early 2000s 2000, or 2010, and so like he's producing the documentary. And some of that like makes sense. Like he wants to find the truth. So he's going out and interviewing and trying to solve this unsolved story, but it's also a little weird because he's like a first time filmmaker and this is like his debut. And there's all these like stylistic flourishes that are way too over the top for a documentary about your mom who was murdered. Whereas like, are you doing like an art house film project? Are you trying to find like, anyways, but that's beside the point I was trying to make. Um, it was centered around these things called gifting tables is what they were called. And it was these women, like in suburban Connecticut, would invite people for these dinner parties. But to get into the club, you had to find someone willing to bring in $5,000. And then it was a classic pyramid scheme after that. Then that person brought in a person who would bring in $5,000 and that would funnel up to the top people. And so there were these like kingpins across all of these suburban neighborhoods throughout Connecticut. And then it led to, you know, murder apparently. But anyways, I don't know what, why why I got on that tangent. I just wanted to talk about it, I guess.
1: But that does remind me of like, so when I was at the uh, treasurer's office here in Illinois, there's like certain groups of, of people throughout the state. And I'm sure it's like this in other States Mm -hmm. who, have like cultural differences uh, where they won't use banks. Like um, th- like 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 Muslims, like uh, they have a problem with interest, and so like a lot of times they won't they won't actually get interest. And I'm not trying to generalize anyone, but this oh, is- here we
0: go, Brian I had to get it as <laughs>
1: example here. That the states tries tries to help people who who have problems like getting loans and stuff like that. Yeah, like the Amish don't have any collateral, so like the state makes a program. To try to help them get some loans, um, and one of the one of the things in in this this is in the Mexican community, or maybe it's just a Hispanic community in general, and uh, I think maybe in the Muslim community too, they would do that same thing, but it wasn't a pyramid scheme. So like instead of getting a loan from a bank, they all all these families would just pitch in two grand. Yeah, and then, like, and, then, and they would do it every month. And it's like, okay, it's your month. You got whatever. Uh, maybe two grand was too too much, but. You get the idea. Like this is your this is yours for this month. You get you got twelve thousand dollar interest free loan. Next month's, you know, this family's loan. I see your your you got a joke. No, No. I'm just
0: laughing at the chat because it's just they get so excited. Rick with his Islamophobic takes again. Brian with a hot take did not see that coming. Time for the good stuff. I mean, people every ever since that show a couple weeks ago, Pete people want the Brian hot takes.
1: yeah, it's Eli's just just fucking with me. <laughs> fucking with me. Oh my goodness. Hey, you're the one who brought up the murderous <laughs>
0: documentary. Oh this, man.
1: This is more of a positive story.
0: Yes, no, it is. No, I mean that is uh I mean pyramid schemes are great, man. I mean, as long as you're not the last one in, like it was great, it was great for everyone.
1: And that's not true because they did claw back some of that Madoff money from some folks.
0: Did they come? Uh, they came back for it.
1: I think some of them. Some of them had to had to give it back. I think it was something like. Um, some of them were like knew that it was a pyramid scheme and they could prove it somehow, and so like they, they clawed back some of that money. Uh, there was that, that there was another uh, podcast documentary on that something like Star in the name. It was a while ago. Okay. Yeah.
0: Do you what? Do you like true crime stuff? No, I can't fucking stand it. For oh. <laughs> <laughs> for like for what? But you don't watch a lot of media, really in general, right?
1: I just, I mean, just YouTube and and uh, podcasts.
0: But you, yeah, like you don't even watch like shows on Netflix or HBO, like fiction stuff, right?
1: Yeah, pretty rarely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty rarely. What, it, what does it take to pique your interest to check out a show like did you watch Breaking Bad?
1: I got around to it eventually
0: yeah, yeah.
1: it took me a while I like I like I like Game of Thrones up until like season five um, yeah. uh, what else like like Walking Dead up until season
0: four or something I, I bailed like- on Walking Dead it halfway through the second season.
1: Like, it, I knew it was garbage, but it's it was like um, a guilty pleasure still. I'm like, oh, zombies, that's fine. I don't care. I know it's stupid, but they're zombies. So, like, what else did I? And, and there's nothing.
0: That-
1: <laughs> like,
0: oh, okay, in the chat is laughing at you saying I can't fucking stand it after I spent 10 minutes talking about a true crime doc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just oh. chicks, man. <laughs> Look, man. Um, I am married to a chick, so sometimes we watch true crime docs. Um, true. It doesn't mean you have to
1: enjoy it. You sit there, <laughs> pout
0: and look on I, your phone. Did you hear my meta criticisms of this documentary? I'm cl- clearly watching it with a critical okay. eye.
1: As long as you kind of ruined it for her, then it's acceptable. <laughs> I'm
0: okay with it. I um, poking holes in it and like, this doesn't
1: even make any sense. This, this director is horrible.
0: It's just, I I can't get, don't get me talking about it again. I mean, once I get talking about murder on Middle Beach, I'm a runaway train, man. Um, All right, what did this, what's this title? Macro versus micro DFS. Is this a big dick brick thing? (laughs) I got the biggest dick in DFS. All you other guys got these little DFS dicks and I want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, no, that's it. End the show. <laughs> um, I I, I, didn't, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, no, we were we were. We were uh, I was thinking about this watching. I can't even remember.
0: Now I can't even remember. Maybe some some so one of your shows. Um, you can't remember all of my shows. You don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of every piece of content I do, Brian.
1: I don't think my hard drive can even <laughs> for one week of storing your shows. Um, yeah but like um we've we talked about this a little bit before too but you know and i just ma- made this up but like a micro versus macro the way i kind of um i was thinking about it was kind of how the difference between what we focus on so like i focus on the big large field tournaments mainly that's where i spend a lot of time like looking researching and you and you and you focus more on like i don't know like five, let's say 5000 or less field preferably even smaller maybe um and 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 hand building getting your getting your hands don't, there.
0: don't put us hand builders in quotes over there <laughs> you 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 little hand builders and your little fingers i know you use fc don't don't try to fucking lie to me no but, but you say for for um uh No, I use, I use optimizers for showdown and I'll, I'll play the, you know, the 20 max that has 190,000 people in it. But for main slates, I don't think I ever play a contest generally that's bigger. I guess I play a five max that maybe has 10,000 people in it sometimes, but other than that, nothing bigger than that.
1: Oh, okay. I stand corrected, but the, uh, yeah, the, the, the idea is like I kind of think those are two the cause the way the games the games are getting hard now, right? Especially and I think football too. I think Pete I think a lot of people think football's easy. I would say it's it's not, especially the larger the larger fields. Even though I know there's a lot of dead money there, the rake's pretty damn high. Um and so I feel like if like specialization is a good way to go as the game gets tougher, if you still want to play it anyways. And those are two ways to look at. It. So like if you are like contemplating like where to go, I would look at that that like that kind of uh, uh strategy of okay, I'm just gonna do lower amount of entries. And then when you're doing that, you actually kind of have to do your strategy because you're not gonna get ownership percentages for a two thousand man spy anywhere, unless you make your own. And, even, and and like that's like that's a lot of effort to make your own spy ownership for one entry, you know what I mean? Yeah. It'd probably be easier to just get like general ideas of what uh, what the difference is between like a spy and the main the main event, the Millie Maker. Yeah. You could just like extrapolate from there. But um you need to focus, you know, more on on hand building or just like this, the, the differences between these huge, large fields and these medium sized or lower, lower um, amount of opponents. And it's a big difference strategically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then obviously, the way we, I kind of, w- because I usually just talk macro, because that's usually what everyone plays. They either throw in a couple into the big one or they won 50, or they'll play like the, um, the mini max in the $5 and under stuff. Yeah. Um, like it seems like that's what most, most people play. And that strategy is kind of like, it's kind of out there now. I'm not saying it's not like, it's not unbeatable, Yeah, but like, it might be better to focus more on like a micro strategy going forward for, for some people.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, you know, you can apply that to other things, right? Like you, you've had a lot of success, even just over. At Yahoo, and you could maybe apply that like as a micro strategy. If you just said to my to yourself, "I just want to be focus all of my attention on Yahoo," that would probably be a much better, like, profitable long term strategy than being like, "I just want to battle with everybody on DraftKings."
1: That's a good. That's a good point. You, it's actually, it's actually even better than you think because I, I, that's probably a leak on Yahoo for me is those little middling ones. So I run my cash game in like 98% of my, maybe 95% of my Yahoo entries. And then they're 150. And like they're four or five biggest ones. I take the time and enter different lineups in those because it's a pain in the ass on there. You got to download the CSV for each tournament and then upload a, you know your specific one to that tournament, and then back and then over and then back and then over. And I'm, I usually finish up after at ten forty five uh, or eleven, yeah, ten forty five central when inactives come out uh, Sunday morning. Yeah. And so I don't have I don't have the I don't have a ton of time, so I just get my Yahoo in there. So all those Yahoos in between, and and I'm not sure what like Papa Gates and and all the other guys doubt and who else is on there that plays all the time. I don't know all the usuals. Uh, Mike Levin's on there, all the regulars, and um, I'm not sure what they do. I'm, some of them probably scripted out. Honestly, <laughs> I wonder if they that might be against the terms and services of Yahoo. But you could you could do it. You could you could build that out. But like in between, for me personally, and I just started doing the the five like doing five like week four. So like previously, probably two or three years ago, I would just run one lineup in everything yeah 151 lineups in the tournament wait duped no just yeah just my lineup and i just i don't care it's yahoo it's easy to beat and then i just enter that and then go to uh fantasy uh draft rip but that one's normal so i could do that one normal and then i'd go to
0: well and that's kind of the thing that is what you then see too at like the super high stakes and like mid to high stakes of the guys that are playing everything. They're registering for everything and they're not catering their lineups to the contest size. They're just saying, I'm making the best possible lineup. I'm getting it in good everywhere. um, Because it ultimately is a time thing. It like as someone now on my showdown slates where I'm catering how aggressive and how contrarian my lineups are to each specific contest size. Like that takes a lot of time like to do that, at least the way I do it, which is like, I'm an Excel, you know, noob and I don't have everything perfectly scripted. So there's a lot of manual tweaking in there, but it's a lot of work to, to actually cater it to the contest size.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm saying that you're like, you're, you're right on two accounts on Yahoo. Definitely good strategy there because a lot of those guys are not, are not adjusting. And so I noticed Papa Gates lineup last week. Okay. Was Jones, did the, did the Jones bump happen this
0: last Sunday or two Sundays ago? Sorry, which Jones, Ronald Jones Ronald Jones. Where, yeah. That was, yeah. that was this Sunday. I think it was the, uh, yeah, the Leonard Fournette in active news uh, came out and then Jones ownership got steamed like 15 percentage points.
1: So I, that adjust. So I had the exact same lineup as Papa Gates pre Jones news. Oh, Jones- are you
0: you're one of the Chipotle brothers now? Congratulations. No, I
1: just saw what lineup he played after afterwards. I wanted to see if anyone switched because my updated one had Jones in, in in the op in the cash game optimal. And I was like, I wonder if he doesn't switch. Because he might be like, all right, Jones is in it. It's fucking Jones. I gotta, I gotta get my shit in on these other two sites where I have 200, 300 grand going, you know. Yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I wonder if he uh if he just let it, let, let it be. But if yeah. he did, it's just like another another point in the idea of of focusing on on those type of things in those in that environment. Yahoo's Yahoo's unique that way. Yeah. Too. Like that advantage won't be on any other site. So and I, but but even on DraftKings I could see your strategy being way more beneficial for a lot of a lot of folks
0: yeah and just in general too like another uh you know one thing bales has been writing about a lot recently too of like reverse engineering how to win knowing the rules and it makes sense like most of the content is for DraftKings. everyone knows the rules the scoring systems like the bonus structure the con like everyone knows those like inside and out for the most part and so if you go to somewhere where there's less information And you can have like an information advantage of just knowing the rules and the size and the the scoring system better where people aren't focusing and content isn't being made catered to that specific system. Like you're going to have more of an edge.
1: That's why I grinded LPGA all,
0: all day today. Is that, is that DraftKings? Yeah. And so you, you spun up your, your model for it. Is there a lot of good data for it? No,
1: but enough. Yeah. And I think there's going to be overlay and I don't know, I'm guessing it's like a D gen party, a bit of a D gen party, like, like the NBA preseason.
0: How do you, like, how do you think about that? Because it works both ways, right? Where like it self-selects, the people are going to play those super niche sports are probably like either domain experts or DFS pros like yourself. Like who's D LPGA like who's getting sweat equity out of playing that and i'm not being don't cancel me um i just mean like going through like i know like davis is playing you know the you know premier league stuff and he's just throwing it on because he's gonna watch the game and he wants a little sweat equity like are there people sweating lpga that just want a little action down on it i
1: bet the golf degens are i bet like I i wonder if nelson got a couple in there jason roslin i it wouldn't surprise me but um Everyone else, I think it's just gambling. Why don't you guys try to cancel Peter? You guys give me shit.
0: <laughs> I have a. I was actually just talking to my wife about this the other day, where I'm like, she told me she had like a slip up on a like a work call where she said something like insensitive. And I was like, like when she told me that I was like cringing because I knew it would be like something I would catch myself from saying. And I'm like, I just have a lot of practice. I've done so many shows. Like I can feel myself if I'm about to slip up and I just immediately rein it back in yeah. because Lowell's this Lols audience, Brian, they're vicious. They will come <laughs> for you and they will cancel you. You've been canceled 19 times over and I'm not going to let it happen to me.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true. I've uh, <laughs> that's Brian isn't even my real name. I had to change it at least four times. <laughs> um the 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 LP LPGA that this week though is 50 grand first. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty damn good. What are the hockey what are the hockey prizes? Are do they even big. get that big? They 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 can get that bigger or, or bigger, but I think just the everyday one varies be, between like 25 and 50 or something like that. Is Jake in the chat, you can tell us.
0: Yeah, Jake Jake is, he's either lurking and then he'll pop up and he'll give us, he'll give us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, hockey's hockey's pretty small. So I'm assuming there's going to be some overlay and then I'm going to wake up and see if the, uh, 1500 is got overlay or the seven, seven, seven.
0: Yeah. Well you, and you also do, you, you love golf. That's like your favorite DFS sport, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so what does this, you know, when you come to that realization, does it make you want to like maybe try to scale back in, and focus on a couple sports and even really push your save big money now on new siding from LP smart side at Menards update and beautify your home with your choice
1: of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and
0: includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Your edges, or do you still just think you have enough of a general edge with your overall DFS approach across all sports that you want to keep doing that?
1: Um, It makes me want to just add add to what i already do. Yeah. But it's just so much more time to 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 do that because I, for me i wouldn't i wouldn't do it the way you do it. Like i can't i can't i don't i can't pay attention to that much fucking sports, you know what i mean? And i have no interest in doing that. So like but i could adjust my my uh th- my process to like fit, you know, a 300 man, 700 man more accurately. Yeah. And play all those, you know, whatever, $5, $3, the ones I'm, I'm
0: about yeah. to
1: play in. So uh, it's tough with fo- football, though. I wish football's inactives came out an hour earlier. That would, yeah. help. That would help me. That would be huge. I, though, I, you, would, you would think that would be bad because, like, ownership would get – it would be easier for people to make ownership changes. But they get it in anyways, it seems like. Ownership is pretty
0: sharp. And we, we're getting, at this point – Most of the, like, shockers still come in, like, overnight on the Schefter bombs, right? Or he'll just, like, point us very strongly in a direction that something's going to happen. I mean, we don't really get, like, the shocking 1130 inactives that much. You get the stuff that will, like, boost things where it'll be, like, um, you know, people expected... Um, I don't know, like Matt Breida would be playing and like eat into Miles Gaskins workload, and then like Breida's out, and every and like the people who are really on top of it understand the ramifications of that, but nothing that's like steaming ownership hard.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. So with James Washington, right, this 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 last week also got up to like thirteen or so percent owned. Yeah, and that's probably right about where it's supposed to be, right? You'd figure.
0: And see, I I was I talked about it on my sh- review on Monday, but I was mad at myself about not pivoting off the Ronald Jones thing because I thought I was going to get Ronald Jones at five to seven percent. I had him in my lineup like Saturday night or whatever, and then that news comes out, and I don't think the Ronald Jones play has changed without Fournette. I think he's going to play the same role. Maybe he gets a couple extra touches. Leone said he ticked up his projection a little bit, but like didn't meaningfully change enough to take on 15 extra percentage points of ownership. And I knew I should have pivoted, but I was like anchored to this lineup I had made. And like, I knew it, I knew it as I was doing it. Like, this is a bad play. Like the play is now different than when I initially envisioned it. And I was just, I was too stubborn to change it.
1: It's kind of, it's kind of tough though. Like you don't know he's going to go up that many for sure. Cause it does happen sometimes where it's like, Oh, they just, no one got it in. And and didn't he break his finger or something? Did he come out of that game?
0: Yeah. So yeah. like,
1: if he get if he busts, you know, a twenty yard run for a TD, if he doesn't get, uh, yeah. you know,
0: then you're like, oh, okay, fine. It was still the right. Well, still- no, I'm trying to do it from a pure pro. Like when that ownership locked in, and I'm, I think yeah. in the spy it was twenty two percent. I was like, I don't want Ronald Jones at twenty two percent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 That, that, that's probably a little high,
0: but that is, that goes back to your thing about how ownership changes and I would assume I I didn't look, but I would assume in like the $3 20 max, he was probably like 12 or 13%. Like there's that, that thing that happens right where, well, one, it's just easier to move ownership in a smaller field. And two, those players are also like, it's like self-selective, right? Where those players are more on top of news. They're reacting more to it than the other groups. And then you move up to the really high stakes and then you get the out leveling where it's like, okay, I know Ronald Jones is going to get steam. So then I'm going to pivot off of that. Like there's all the levels based on the buy-in levels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super buying that yet. Why not? I don't know. I don't think these guys are, 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 are pivoting that that much like i like i said so like a lot of these guys who are in the super high buy-ins they're playing every every event yeah on on every site so they're not going oh this one event i can pivot off of you know what i mean like
0: they've the tons of shit to worry about it's tough to even get it in well like the example i think i i mentioned it to you the other week and i i feel like there's lots of examples like this where it's like Justin Jefferson is projecting for 20% ownership. Adam Thielen's projecting for 10 in the low stakes that ownership holds. And then it flips in the high stakes because everyone looks at that and they're like, well, on paper, Thielen and Jefferson are projecting as similar plays. I'll just play the lower owned of those two, but everyone has that parallel thinking and the ownership ends up being flipped and you end up saying, Hey, I would have played Justin Jefferson at 10% had I known.
1: Yeah. I understand a the thesis of your argument. I'm, I'm just, I don't agree with
0: it. But I, why? I, I could point out examples from that. Like every week, if I went through and found the ownership shifts at the different levels.
1: Yeah. I think there's probably enough like micro style guys who play those high stakes games to make a dent on it. But um, I mean, there could be, I mean, it, there, there could be adjustments from guys who are own high in the Millie and low in the, in the, uh, the, the whatever 1500 that, that there was no injury news. It happens all the time.
0: Right. Well, that like that Jefferson example, there was nothing about injury with that. I'm just saying like people looking at projected ownership as they build their lineups.
1: Yeah. I mean, you would need like evidence to show that like, this definitely is one of those examples of the change, because like I said, I think most of them are like those macro type of players. And they're probably using some sort of like algorithm, algorithm or sim. Maybe they have different multiple types of ownership where they adjust individually. Um, But I think they're just for a lot of those guys. They're just bam, cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste. This is about right for this one. This is about right for this one. It's about right for this one. See now,
0: I think we're back to the thing of the the, how many people are modeling, because I would assume a lot of people are just, you know, if they're making those, that one lineup, they're, they're looking at the ownership and making those decisions.
1: Sure. Yeah. Like, like, like I think some of those guys in the high stakes are like, are, uh, definitely pivoting and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying there isn't yeah. some of that, but I don't know about the, the leveling might, you might be leveling yourself a little bit.
0: Well, I feel like what you're saying is like I don't. There's no good way to account for that, which I agree. I'm just saying I feel like these these uh, specific examples are playing out each and every slate, but it, it's just impossible to know where those examples are going to play out.
1: Yeah, I, I'm 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 really saying I, I don't think like in a five thousand dollar Thunderdome, you know, like I don't know, or maybe the, like the fifteen hundred or something. I don't know how many guys are playing leveling games. No, well, see, I don't think how useful that is, honestly, in, in like, if there's more than like
0: 50 opponents or something. Well, let me reword it because I, maybe that's not the best example. It's not like the, I know, you know, thing. I think it's literally just, I'm looking at ownership because I would do the same thing. I'm going to look at my projections. I'm going to look at it versus ownership. And I'm like, Jefferson and Thielen project for roughly the same amount of points. Why is 10% more ownership going to one of them? I'll play the other one to where like the projected ownership is driving these decisions. And, and it basically flips because all the sharper players are making the same type of decision.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I get you, but like even still like it, the less amount of opponents, the less that type of ownership even matters. So like, right. I don't know why as a sharp, you would be making these huge adjustments. So like, like, like Jefferson at 20% or something is a perfect example where that could be a big fade and like a Millie, but as you gradually go down, you like start getting closer to that number and maybe even above it. It depends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like, I don't know, like seems like you're fucking yourself there. Um, okay.
0: I see. I see your point now. You're saying that you you think you shouldn't just be like almost throwing out like baseline level ownerships that are made for large field. If you're playing in a 200 person high stakes contest that it's like not even relevant.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of saying three things here. We're kind of bouncing around. But like I was addressing the leveling thing. I don't think that's happening much. And then I was gonna say, like, a lot of those guys are macro players. I I mean they're they, they are like the Burrito Brothers, Mach Lovin. Yeah. There's a decent amount of them. And I think they although they might adjust individually for it, they're I, I don't think they're doing leveling games. And then that that third piece with the yeah. uh the is the smaller the entries, the the less you're gonna care about him being 25 or 22 or something. That's like, that's not going to kill you against a hundred opponents.
0: Yeah. And I think where the out leveling stuff probably happens too. like, I I like using ETR as an example of that, because I do think those guys meaningfully move ownership on stuff and you'll have Adam and Evan and Wiggins on Friday night. I think I've maybe said this example before, like touting the best plays on the slate and then you have Dink and Leone on Saturday morning doing their contrarian GPP show. They're using that anchor of like the best plays, the chalk, whatever, to make their contrarian pivots. And then sometimes those t- pivots that they're talking about come in like way over-owned of what you expected them based on initial ownership because there's that like public sentiment and there's now a GPP hive mind that is formulating around these things.
1: Yeah, you're And you're talking big tournaments now or just those, those? I
0: I guess I would say that where this would be more in the stuff I'm playing, like sub 5,000 person fields.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I really haven't looked into it. Maybe I should, but the, um, I, th- I think there might be more variance in ownership projections for those type of events too. Cause yeah. I was watching that sh- your show on Monday and in some of the ownership was dramatically different than, like the Millie Maker type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and some of the guys. So I had McKinsey too. So you had McKinsey in your second one, right?
0: No, I didn't have any JD McKissick.
1: Oh, I thought I thought in your second lineup, I saw you had JD McKissick.
0: Oh, uh, you wouldn't catch me having that guy in one of my lineups with a 10 foot pole, Brian. <laughs> no, I, I didn't have any McKissick last week. No.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, there was somebody in there yeah. where it looked like they were like 1.9% owned or something. I'm like, oh, that guy was like eight or 9% owned.
0: Really? Some, yeah, yeah so like
1: yeah there, there there's definitely and and this will happen to like in those spies it seems like the, there's like more consolidated ownership sometimes yeah. you're going to have a higher amount and that's just going to naturally lead to less amounts of other guys yeah um so i mean that i guess that doesn't that that would actually say there's less variance in them but um so maybe variance is the wrong word but it's certainly different between the two and this goes to like Another argument for like looking into more of a, a micro strategy of plays less than a thousand opponents and, and really dive. And then if you can figure out how to make your own ownership, you could do it pretty easy here. You, you could just take, take like the public ownership projections and the spy and just run a regression.
0: I was I was about to say we need this like new bit like uh with the show where Brian throws out like a good idea of something to do that would take lots of work and then this little thought bubble bubbles over my head that says this is a good idea that I'll never do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then you say run a regression i am like, yep is that is that that hard you can Google it like take like I don't know if you can get like
1: six or seven or eight slates at least and then you can see the difference or you could just take like the um, the Millie. If you don't have public access to public ownership, take the millie ownership, match them up in Excel and run regression, and there probably is, uh, there probably is like a, a pretty strong R on the differences.
0: Yeah, what like what's your hypothesis of what would be the variables driving those differences?
1: And probably the um, the the chalkier players are owned more yeah and then and then something to do with salary not fitting and and hurting some of those like eight percenter guys that won't fit
0: now something like that yeah and so you think yeah i guess that's where it gets hard too of like if you could do it just purely numerically or if you need a little bit of a hand builder's touch to know where like the nuance in why some of those plays get steamed more than others
1: if you think you're if you think you're you're adding to it go for it and the um the, there it's probably non-linear I would guess too the 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 changes and I just said do a linear regression but you can do nonlinear stuff in a linear regression but that's a little more complicated but um that would be that would be my guess I mean I would probably do something different but like that's a simple way to get you damn close
0: yeah and there's the stuff like yeah, I think it's definitely a little harder for like, you know, the main 5,555 person spy field I do versus like, if you're playing in the Thunderdome regularly, and I feel like why Leone has had, you know, some success and and feels like he has a pretty good feel for it is because there is so few people, he knows the competition, he knows the type of lineups that like probably half the field you could generally guess like construction wise, pretty spot on, like probably down to even like a 2v2 for some of for some of those guys there um and I feel like that's a huge edge if you have that small of a field and you have that good of an idea of what your opponents are gonna do
1: yeah we've talked about it before i'm I'm like I'm talking about it today I'm beginning to agree with you that it might that it might be a direction that a lot of people should go in um did you see I was in first in the Millie for like almost the entire day no, no. uh why didn't the, you tell me and I could send some PD sweat vibes your way? the 5 555 or whatever um i took 10th but i had i had mckinzie <laughs>
0: that's why is my last guy you're going to uh, tilt the people uh i think how do you keep saying his name McKinsey? Uh, mckissick there's no N in in there yeah, whatever. No, I I well, literally yeah. don't care. But these people watching, they're like, Brian almost won that <laughs> tournament, and he doesn't even know JD McKissick's name. Um. Well, now I don't give a fuck because he fucked me. What so, was it? So who who else was who else was in the lineup?
1: And I I had a Bears onslaught. I, had a, I had a, what a homer. Yeah, it was it was it wasn't my choice. Just cut Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had uh, uh, Trisky, uh Montgomery, Allen, Mooney. Whoa. And the run back. Who was the run back? Uh, the Han- Hanson, the, the cheap guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cheap. $3,900. I'm like, oh, maybe I could have went a different direction there. Um, and then two Chiefs.
0: You Did you get Kelsey and Hill? And- Kelsey and Hill. Nice.
1: And Hill pulled up his, ang- his hammy there. I don't know if that cost him any plays. I wasn't... I was yeah. watching that zone. And um, I think I was in f- first until I don't know, until probably that last Taylor touchdown. Oh. And then McKin – and then uh, what, McKissick? McK- you got it
0: now. You got it. <laughs> Eli says Brick thinks he's an Irish folk singer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <McKinsick>. <laughs> um Yeah, he didn't do shit. Was there anyone else to put in there? I didn't even think about it.
0: <laughs> oh, as a late swap?
1: Yeah, is anyone better? I, that was my only...
0: Because he was, head. what, like 5,100 or something? 48. Yeah, there were not a lot of good uh, cheap running back value plays late. I don't know. You would have probably had to have gone to, like, a pretty thin wide receiver. You could have no, gone to, like...
1: Yeah. I had him at running back. Oh, yeah. you had him
0: at running back. I think you were probably locked.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, because um, I had a tight end wide re- wide receiver in flux, so...
0: What was... um? uh how many people were in that contest i don't remember okay
1: definitely less yeah yeah because in the middle i had that in the millie and the 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 20 dollar one i took like 688 yeah i was up there on that one for a while but yeah as soon as as soon as taylor started going off that was it henry didn't help either
0: oh wait i i realized we're starting to run out of time and i just remember one other thing you had mentioned to me that i want to hear about is your rbx 88 story
1: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, we got this prostitute and no, I'm kidding. Um, that's so- the chat's like, here he goes. Brian's <laughs> going to do one of those things again. There is a t- t- Saturday night MMA. Yeah. I played, I played the slate, Brian. I know you won too, right?
0: Yeah. You know, just one of those little cheeky two and a half X's. We'll take it.
1: <laughs> no big deal. Guy wins all the time. Get um, out of here. Uh, so we had both solo solo ships going in the last fight. I had Moreno. He had um, uh, Figueroa or whatever the fuck his name is.
0: No, please, please take a stab at it. I actually don't know this one, so I can't even correct. I, I just did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so he was in my Discord, and we were talking about chopping it up. But of course, you can't do that because he was minus three forty one favorite at right before the fight started is it Dennison? something like that, whatever the fuck his name is. So I had a 12 point lead, like a 12 point, uh, you know, leeway. Yeah. Which it's, it's, it's important and actually ended up mattering. But, um, so we, we, did, we, we, uh, we finished on a two to one. I pay him, I pay him two to one, 20 grand, 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah. And then I bet ten grand in the sports books, and I guess then he went and bet ten grand in his <laughs> to
0: to hedge it out further,
1: to hedge it out even further, and uh, so the fight went to decision. Were you up? Did you watch it?
0: No, I was. I was in bed well before that. That was a great
1: fight. They, they were I heard
0: it was a great fight. fight yeah.
1: Year. Um, and they went to a draw. <laughs> yeah, so, so- if, I thought Moreno was winning, but obviously it's debatable, and. uh, I went to a draw, and you don't. So no one gets the thirty points for the win. So uh, if he got the thirty, he would have won, and then if I got the thirty, I would have won. But since I had that twelve point leeway, I did take second. So I got sixty k. It was one fifty to first. So what I, was your
0: net on, like, with the hedges and the swaps?
1: Right. Yeah. So like, if there was no hedges or swaps, I net lost ninety thousand without a decision in my favor. But with the swaps, it would have been 120. So I lost, what is that? 60. <laughs> but here was one bright side is on a draw, you get your money back on the sports books.
0: Oh, okay. That's so, nice. That's interesting that they, you know, cause like, I don't know uh, what's a, maybe this is an awful example, but like a soccer, like if you have, you have a draw, like that's one of the things you bet on, but I guess they don't offer betting on a draw or do they offer that?
1: Yeah, you could I think you can do both. It depends. But yeah, they they you can bet at a draw. And I'm I'm pretty sure you could bet on draws in the, the derivative markets of the MMA
0: too. Okay.
1: On some sites, I'm pretty sure.
0: Jason says, is there a World War II battle that you could compare the fight to? Um
1: Falkland hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Islands? There you go. Um, no, that was that was a Tyson versus uh I don't know spikes
0: so did it end up did it end up being an overall profitable mma slate for you
1: yeah like i said it took yeah, yeah, so it took yeah it had
0: to be yeah mm-hmm. um it, it, how, so how yeah. long did your negotiation with rbx 88 go Not that long yeah. a minute or two he's an agreeable guy yeah he's a group. that was that was totally fair
1: price i probably was getting a little more so he's being generous i don't know what it, what the actual what the actual uh Cause it's it's my it's minus three forty one, but there's also vig, and so it's less than that. And vig is is a lot of people don't know this, Vig is shaded towards the favorite. I have your favorite a lot of times, so it was it was less than that. And then how much is twelve fantasy points worth? A decent amount. Uh, I don't I don't know. Like how could you even guess? So because like in situations like that, it would have, and I could have still won if he would have just got like another takedown and a couple more punches. I would have won.
0: How tilted were you on the draw?
1: The, the sports book, the sports book getting my money back. Actually, Eli I think Joe told me it in my Discord, he goes, No, you get your money back. I'm like, oh, All right, that's not that bad.
0: Eli just answered the question I was about to ask. I was going to ask if you guys were having this conversation in front of everyone or if you guys were DMing within the Discord. And Eli says they did it in the public on the Discord.
1: Yeah, we were doing
0: that. Look at these guys putting on a show. You know, hashing through a negotiation in real time. He did message me
1: uh, privately before the fight went off. He goes, oh, shit, I'm duped. My bad. And then like 10 seconds later, he's like, wait, no, I'm an idiot. I'm not duped. We're good.
0: <laughs> and then I assume you went and double checked his work. <laughs> I didn't. I just trusted him. I, <laughs> I look at you. you. I told you, you the how far the relationship you and RVX88 has come, like – I feel like you guys are going to be like best men at each other's wedding here uh, <laughs> down the road.
1: I don't know. He's got enough cash. He's a professional gambler too. Like those guys aren't generally. No. RBX's is 88 is a good dude. So yeah, that, that was, that was pretty fun. That's my second one of, of the year where I chopped it up and both times, both times didn't get there. And I think it's like my fourth or fifth time. Um, uh, where I needed that that the dog in the in the main. Okay. And they just they just haven't done it for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you do you like though the way of the kind of progression of the fights that it gives you the time to make like very clean hedges like that? Versus like football, I feel like it's so tricky.
1: I'm mean, MMA's the best DFS sport. It really is,
0: isn't it? Even without assisted to the regional captain. I, yeah, I, I still like it. Um, it is fun. I had I, I got a buzz and I also have been, had fine tuned my process. I'm working on my on my dupes, uh, more so I had fun, uh, playing that slate. And, um, it, it is a good DFS sport, even if you don't sweat it, it's still a pretty good, good sport.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I sweating it. I can you could even sweat it on Twitter, like with the MMA fight, uh, account. What's so funny? <laughs>
0: I just love uh, the comment. The Lulz commenters are so good. But uh, like I, I do a lot of shows and I don't get to read comments all the time. But like the Lulz, they're going to give each other clocks for Christmas. <laughs> you and RBX88. <laughs> just, you guys are good. I like you guys.
1: <laughs> Did you see in my in my discord rbx uh his, his avatar is a clock?
0: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Here, maybe I could give uh, some value plays for the LPG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as we wrap up, let's give. What was, the, what was the show we did a long time ago? Was it, was it a KBO show we did where we didn't talk about KBO at all?
1: <laughs> there was
0: one where we said we were going to give plays and then didn't talk about it at Are all. Were we fucking with people? Here you That's go, yeah. Help David Stewart out. LPGA stars and scrubs. Are you going with a balanced build, Brian? stars and scrubs all right in um yeah in in
1: in almost all the f- formats i was doing a lot of stars and scrubs so i i like I, <laughs> speaking of fucking up names this is gonna be brutal i like uh <laughs> all right uh maria
0: june june this is this, Garn- is this is great content <laughs> I could just watch Brian list off names from the LPGA
1: tour all day, and of course, you know this, Peter. N.B. Park. We all we all know who she is. Do we? I'm thinking she's going to be a uh, nice chalk value play. Wow! Um, but yeah, I don't see how you get it. You don't. It's it's an obvious um, studs and scrubs week. Honestly, you know I I don't like thinking like that because it's a no cut event. So you're going to get four rounds out of these scrubs. So you just kind of hope
0: you get the value. Let's cancel Brian for calling these women scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, David Stewart's giving you the phonetic pronunciation in the chat. You want to take a stab at that? Ariyajutanigarn. Igarne? Why don't you try that one? Ariyaj. Okay, God. Ariyajutanigarn. Why is he asking me? <laughs> uh, know the kinetic spelling of this look at this i mean this is what you guys either get us you know litigating the pronunciation of these names or you get the stone cold locks from brian and you guys apparently chose litigating the pronunciation
1: <laughs> um who else do i like here that's oh wait there we go there's a va- i always forget there's a value column in there okay, <laughs> okay here we go maybe you should do a micro strategy brian for a scrub i also like uh Jasmine Suwanapura. Suwanapura. I think that might be right. <laughs> Suwanapura,
0: you hardly know her, Brian.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how this goes if, uh, if I know what the hell I'm
0: doing. Okay, you need to – you got to figure out a way to monetize this. Maybe it's a Brian cameo where he gives out his, his lock of the week at LPGA. Uh, and just tries to pronounce the names. <laughs> Talk about a targeted strategy,
1: a one a year, once a year event where the LPGA is the only game in town and they put up a decent prize pool. <sighs> oh man. Because after this week, I well, maybe there's one. No, they're probably done. They're probably off for Christmas and and that's it.
0: There you go. The the guys say they're in the Patreon, they're gonna come and hound you for the plays there. All right. Yeah, go ahead. There you go. Anything anything we didn't touch on here before we wrap up? No, I think uh, the
1: main thing is, you know, Canseco is probably going to follow me. Uh,
0: do you think okay. maybe you'll go live on Periscope and shotgun a White Claw when it happens? I should. Um, maybe, do
1: you think he's going to leave me? Do you think he's just, gonna, just doing this as a promotion or do you think he actually wants to follow me?
0: No, I think it's, it's definitely, I think his intentions are pure. I think he's very interested in what his followers are up to. And I think he's going to be heavily engaged with your content going forward. I mean, in just a week, we might see Jose Canseco in the chat even.
1: That would be awesome. Do you think we can get him on LOLs? <laughs> I mean, I think so. You guys start so. following, man. He's a good follow. All
0: right. I will, I will follow Jose Canseco with hopes of getting him on LOLs some days. If you guys, the viewers and the listeners want to help us out, that would be great. Uh, also speaking of which, uh, I mean, probably none of you guys care cause you're watching on YouTube, but we did, I pulled the plug on the Periscope streams. We're going, we're going exclusive YouTube. So if you're watching for the first time on YouTube, for some reason, and haven't subscribed to Brian's channel, please do so. We also have the links to the podcast version, uh, there as well, if you guys would like to listen to us in audio, but I don't know why you wouldn't want to see the faces of two bookie busters fighting for the Patriot gamblers out there. Uh, but as always through thick and thin Wednesday nights at 8 PM Eastern, giving you out very close to cancellation, hyperbolic analogies, reading off LPGA players and locks. That's what we do here for Brian Hooper. I'm Peter Overzet. We'll see you guys next week.